God has never, ever once failed us. But I say, oh God, there is much more that I need from you. I need God every single day, every single moment of every single day. We need more of God. Where am I going to get my values, the word or the world? If you build them on values from the word of God, they are eternal values. How many know they're going to last forever? This is David Tan's Legacy of Ministry. This morning I want to start a series, and I'm not sure how long it's going to be, but I want to talk to you about foundations for effective living. Foundations are very important. If you're a builder, uh, I've had builders tell me that if the foundation is built and it's built correctly, then they're really halfway home with the building. And if the building is put in wrong, if it isn't done right, then the, or the foundation isn't done right, then the building will not stand. Ultimately, it will collapse. That's why Jesus said, if you build your house upon the sand and the winds come and the storms come against it, it will crumble and fall and it will be gone. But if you build your house on a firm foundation on the rock, then he said, no matter how much wind comes and how strong the storm may be, there will, the house will stand. What is true in the physical realm is even more true in the spiritual realm. Building effective lives on a good foundation. What are the foundations that we can build on? I'm going to give you three of them, and then we're going to talk about them and how to do it. But one of them is your values, because your values affect every part of your life. They control everything in your life. When your values are unclear, you have confusion. And when your values are in conflict, it's called dilemma. That's why we have so many dilemmas in our country, because we don't know what we're building on. We have no values to build on anymore. Values have been taken out of our schools. Values have been taken out of our, uh, out of our government. And so consequently, we have abortion, we have all of these things that are going on, and we have confusion, we have dilemmas, because of values, they affect your life. Secondly, your values control your success in life. Show me what's important in your life and I can tell you the direction of your life. Lasting success is built on values that last. 
Thirdly, it affects your salvation. Jesus said it is possible to be outwardly successful, to be financially secure, to have everything going for you, but to be a spiritually bankrupt person. He put it like this. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? That's an important question to ask this morning. What does it profit you if you were to gain the whole world and as a result of gaining the world, you lost your soul? Today I want us to look at how to lay a foundation and then we're gonna look at some other things. Next Sunday we're gonna talk about the ministry fair. I'm gonna tie it in with what I'm saying this morning. But there are four things that you need to do. I want you to make sure to write these down. Uh, you have some notes or just some fill-ins for you. Number one, you have to choose your source. I must decide where I'm going to get my values. The source of your values will determine the quality of your values. For instance, would you consider the National Enquirer a good source for values? How about television talk shows? The source determines how valuable your priorities are. So where do you get your values? We pick up some of them from our parents. And that's why we have coined the phrase, like father, like son. And this is important for us to understand. If you're a father, if you're a mother today, it is not just you and what you want anymore. It is now what are your children going to get from watching you? That's where they get some of their values. We pick up some of our values from our peers. That's why it's important to watch out who you hang out with. We pick up our values from magazines and books that we read, from music that we listen to, we pick them up from society in general. One of the ways we pick up most of our values is through the media, especially television. If you are an average American, you watch by the uh, you watch a, a, at least a thousand hours of television every year. Now, if you live to the age of 65, that means that you have watched nine and a half solid years of television, 20 hours a week. Now, that's just the average. Compare that to going to church one or two hours a week if you are faithful in your attendance. And then tell me, where do you get your values from? 
Where do your children get their values from? And what kind of values are they going to have? They're going to have one, uh, they're going to have either the world or the word, or they're going to get their values from either culture or Christ. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 16, it says, Don't love the world's ways, the lust for physical pleasure, the ambition to buy everything that appeals to you, and the pride that comes from wealth and importance. These are not from God, but from the world. It's amazing that this was written 2,000 years ago. And it is still as relevant today as it was back then. Why? Because the world's values have not changed. The world has three basic values. Number one is pleasure. Number two is possessions. And number three is prestige. If you ask most people, and I was going to have this done, I was going to try to have somebody take the camera and go downtown and ask people this question, see what kind of responses, but I didn't have the opportunity. But if you ask them, what do you want out of life? Let me ask you that question. What do you really want out of life? And they would say to you, I want to have fun, I want to be happy, I want to feel good. In fact, we have coined a phrase in America, it says we believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We spend more money on entertainment in America today than anything else. We're a pleasure-obsessed culture. We were just in, uh, in Orlando, Florida, and we went to Disney World and some of the things you do. And, but you know, it used to be kind of a fun thing for kids, but now, because we're such a pleasure-oriented society, they have a, another entertainment thing called Pleasure Island. We didn't go there, but we heard a lot about it. You drive along and you see the lights just flashing away and, and, and we were told by the, the people that sold us our tickets, it's not for children. So I have no idea what it is, but I'll tell you what, I, I can guess kind of what it is. Because we're a pleasure-oriented society, and we're also like our possessions. We love to show off our possessions in America. We are consumed by consuming. We show off our clothes, we show off our cars, we show off our homes. In fact, we're gonna have a, a dinner for the home group leaders after this service. And I've had people tell me, you know, I'd like to have a home group, but my house just isn't as nice as so-and-so's house. That's tragic. When you make it such a big deal, thank God for the house you have and the home you have and, and enjoy it. 
I said, thank God for it. But don't let it be a stumbling block to your ministry. We want everybody to see what we've got. Possession is the second value of our society. The third value is prestige. In our country, image is everything. We're a very status conscious people. And the media bombards us with these three values, pleasure, possession, prestige. And as Christians, we have suddenly fallen into this, have been seduced by the very things that the Bible tells us we should not be seduced by. The advertisement bombards us with these three things. You buy this car and you'll have good-looking friends. You got all these good-looking people dressed, standing around this car, ooing and aahing, and it says nothing about the car, but you go and buy it because you want to have good-looking friends. Here, here's the way it kind of falls in. If you have the ultimate possession... It will give you the ultimate prestige and you will then have the ultimate pleasure. You gotta be number one or else you're no good. No, number two is a bummer in this society. It's not something you wanna try to get to. Everybody wants to be number one. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 12 verse two. And this is the message paraphrase. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. If you buy into the world system, that the ultimate value in life is pleasure and possessions and prestige. I've got some hard words for you this morning. You will miss God's purpose for your life. Because God's purpose for your life, you were created for him and for his pleasure. And he wants you to worship him and not be seduced by the world system and all the things. I'm not saying it's wrong to have money it's, or it's wrong to have a nice house or a nice car. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is do not let that become your God. I said do not let that become your God. I know some of you are already saying, I wish he'd have missed that flight. <sighs> but it'll get better. Or worse. Depending on our perspective. This is not something I'm doing lightly. This is something that I have felt God drive into my heart. 
So number one, what do you have to do? Choose exactly. Number two, clarify what's important. In Job chapter 34, verses 3 and 4, Living Bible, we should choose to follow what is right, but first we must define what is good. Clarify what's important. Define what is good. I'm going to suggest to you that you do some homework. That you take a blank sheet of paper. And during your devotional time each day, write down your values. What is important in my life? Maybe it's not what you're doing right now. But if you, if you had your druthers and you knew what was eternal and what was not eternal, and you started writing down, you know, this is an eternal value. It is good for me to do this. It is good for me to do this. This is what I want my life to be. And ask, what are my values? Where are they leading me? Are my values leading me in the right direction? We usually don't think about it until the pain occurs, till somebody dies, till we've had an accident. I heard uh, that another teenage girl committed suicide in Sentinel High School last week. Why? Why? Are there values? Are there reasons? What kind of values are our children seeing? And I wonder where this is going to take me. You know, I have yet, I have never ever heard of somebody who started snorting cocaine ever say the first time they did it, I wonder where this is going to take me eight years from now. But eight years later, they know where it took them, and they want to get out desperately, but they can't. That's when we begin to evaluate and say, boy, I wish I'd never started this. I wish this had never happened. Let me ask you an important question. Will you be able to say, will I be able to say at the end of life, what Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And to me, and not to me only, but also to all who love his appearing. Real success is when you decide what values are really important to you and when you bring them into harmony with your life. The starting point is you have to decide what's important to you. Look at it 
from an eternal perspective. How much of what I am doing now is going to affect eternity? When you take that question, what's going to last? Is it pleasure? No, it's not pleasure. Listen to what the Bible says. Hebrews eleven twenty five. The pleasures of sin last for a short time. Yeah, there's pleasure, but it lasts for a short time and then it's over. If there was no pleasure, if there's no, no fun in pleasure, then why in the world would people do it? How about possessions? They're not going to last. 1 Timothy 6, 7, we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out. You know, uh, when Saddam Hussein's two sons were killed, it was like, a, it was like this, this bomb exploded in me. And I got thinking about where are they now? I mean, they had everything. They had pleasure. They had money. They lived in, in, big, in big palaces. I mean, they had everything. They snapped their finger. It was theirs. But when those bullets went through them, they went into eternity with nothing. And I hate to say this, but I have a feeling that they're in an eternal hell this morning. It doesn't last. Prestige doesn't last. Listen, Mark chapter 10, verse 31. Many people who seem to be important now will be the least important then in eternity. And many who seem least important today will be the most important in heaven. I got to tell you, I've been thinking about this. And there are people that we discard like pieces of junk because we don't think they're important enough. There are people we say, well, they did this, they sinned, they did this, and, and, and I don't want to have anything to do with them anymore. Many people who seem to be important now will be least important in eternity. If I don't have a purpose in life, then none of this other stuff counts. It's a hill of beans. Solomon, the richest man who ever lived, who had possessions, pleasure, prestige, he said of all of them, he said, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. It means nothing in the end. The bottom line is this, 
1 John chapter 2, verse 17. The world and its desires will pass away, but those who do the will of God will live forever. Mark it down. The world and its desires, that's its seeking after, pleasure, possessions, prestige. That's the world's desire. Will pass away. It'll be gone one day. But those who do the will of God, that's why it's important. That's why I'm talking to you this morning. That's why I am encouraging you and challenging you to get involved in ministry for the kingdom of God. You choose your source. Where am I going to get my values, the word or the world? Then you evaluate what's important. You make a list of the things that are important. And obviously, if you build them on values from the word of God, they are eternal values. How many know they're going to last forever? Number three, you've got to change your lifestyle. I told you it would get better. That means I have to match my values. I need to start working on bringing my life into line with what I believe. There was a Gallup poll taken some time ago on the, the subject, what causes stress? And here's what he found out. George Gallup found this out. He said the, what causes most stress is when I say I believe one thing and live a different way. My talk doesn't match my walk. I can look really spiritual, but I'm not. I can say all the right things, but then I can shoot somebody down and not think anything about it. If you were to ask most Americans, what's the most important thing in your life, they would tell you without question, it's my family. And yet poll after poll tells us that the average father spends less than five minutes a day in conversation with his children. But yet, if you asked him what's important, he would say, my family. The number two question, and this is convicting for me. What is most important? My health is most important. Do we exercise? No. Do we eat right? No. Do we sleep right? No. Do we take some time off for rest? No. But my health is really important to me. Right? Are you materialistic? No, I'm not materialistic. Do you get deeper and deeper in debt? Yeah. 
Do you have unpaid credit card charges? Sure, doesn't everybody? Are you saving any of your money? No, I, I, I don't save any. Well, that's called materialism. Spending more than you have. People say, God is number one in my life. But we give him the leftovers of our time. We give him the leftovers of our money. Do you tithe? Oh, no, I don't believe in tithing. We don't put him first on our schedule, so is he really number one? Absolutely not. If you want to focus on changing your life, and we're talking about foundations for effective living, you need to bring three values and look at them. Number one is my schedule. Number two is my budget. And number three is my relationships. Let me look at those quickly. First, my schedule. We need to say my schedule needs to reflect what's important in my life. If God is really important in my life, then I should have a daily quiet time with him. How many, how many believe that makes sense? If God is important in my life, then how come I am so busy I don't have time to even talk to him? I should have a quiet time. I should get the first day of every week on Sunday morning, I should be in the house of God worshiping him. And I'm gonna say something that some of you are not gonna like, and that includes hunting season. I'm serious. Some people leave the church and are gone for six weeks on a hunting trip. Now, it's okay to go hunting, but don't make that your number one priority. That's really weak. I'm in hunting country. All the hunters said. Or boo or something. I'm serious. Does this make sense to you? Secondly is my budget. It should reflect that he's first in my finances. I'm giving back to him first before I pay anybody else. And my relationships, number three, I need to look and see if I'm making time for my relationships. Is my husband, my wife, my children, are they getting the short end of the stick? Am I too busy for them? Here's a, your memory verse. I'm going to give you one every week during this, this series. Psalm 119, verse 37. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. 
You know, um, a few weeks ago, we were doing a wedding rehearsal, and Christina Ward found this little, uh, little slip that you have in your bulletin with a memory verse from one of the other series we did. And she said, Pastor, look what I found. And she showed it to me. I said, uh, do you know it? She said, do you want me to say it for you? I said, yeah. Do you want me to read it or just say it? I said, well, either, either way. So she folded up this piece of paper and she, she said the verse with the reference. How old is she? Five? Six, seven. She's seven now, yeah. Boy, time gets by when you're having fun, doesn't it? But it's in her heart. Listen, when you're looking at something, if you memorize this verse and you're looking at something that you shouldn't be looking at, the Holy Spirit can bring this verse to your mind and say, turn your eyes away from worthless things. Because there's no benefit. It's not going to benefit you in the long run. These are temporal things. They will, they will not be there for eternity. Stop doing what isn't important in your life and discover what is valuable. Value-based living starts with a shift of values. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27 and, and these are just some, some parts of these verses. Stop going along with a mindless crowd. Let me say that again. Stop going along. How many know it's easy to float down the river? Stop going along with a mindless crowd. That's no life for you. Get rid of it. Then take on an entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned God life renewed from the inside and working out into your conduct as God reproduces his character in you. He's saying it starts with a shift of values. And that's why we need God in our lives. That's why we need Jesus Christ. God gives us the power to do what we can't do on our own. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do everything God asked me to do with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. I can do everything, it says. That God, how many know God's never going to ask you to do something that he doesn't give you the ability to do it? Jesus gives you power. It's Christ living in you. The tragedy is that most of us never get serious about it. Start looking at where the values you've been living are taking you. Don't wait until you hit the wall, until you have the pain, and then say, I wish I'd have never done that. I have talked to countless parents, tears rolling down their cheeks. Their kids are not serving God. They say, I wish I'd have done it differently. 
You see, you cannot go to a movie on Saturday night and stay up till midnight with your family and then miss church because you're too tired. That is a wrong value. Some of you are never going to let me go on a vacation ever again. To do that, you have to take a fourth step. Check your values daily. Proverbs 4.23, guard your affections. They influence everything else in your life. Guard your affections. What do you love? What's most important to you? If it isn't God then you need to change your affections. When you're, when you're writing out your list and you're having a quiet time, I would suggest that you take some verses that come to you. This would be a good one to start with, Proverbs 4.23, guard your affections. And write it down beside whatever one of your values that goes with. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 says, keep a close watch on all you do and think. Stay true to what is right, and God will bless you and use you to help others. That is it. That is a value. If you're serious about changing, you're going to have to read Review and test your values on a regular basis. We just stepped into a new year. None of us know what this year is going to hold for us. It's totally uncharted territory. If you were lost in the mountains here in, around Missoula, you would not need a map of Missoula. You would need a compass. And if you're lost in a world of values, you don't need to have another book. You don't need to have another TV story. You don't need to have any of these things. What you need is to have a compass, and here it is and find out the direction that God wants you to go. Find out what God wants you to do, and we want to help you do that next week. You know that, I was thinking about this, most of your kids are going to grow up, most of their life will be spent in the 21st century. We have no idea what they're going to face, what kind of temptations they're going to have. This past week, there, was, there were several times when I held little Logan and Hunter, had that opportunity of spending the time with them
And on a number of occasions, I prayed silently and said, Dear Lord, let them see Jesus in me. Let these little guys grow up with some real values. Let them see Jesus in their mom and dad and Tiffany. I don't know what temptations they're going to face. I have no idea. But I'll tell you this. When I was young, and I'm going to surprise you because you all think I'm a lot younger, older than this, younger, older, I don't know, younger. I'm 66 years old. See, most of you thought I was like in the 50s. But I remember when I was a boy, I had no idea, no concept of what it was going to be like in 2004. I had no idea what kind of temptations, what would, I had no idea what would make a teenage girl commit suicide. Never heard of such a thing. See, we, we lived in the backwoods of Alberta. And uh, we had a horse and buggy to get to town. We didn't see any cars. And now I can get on an airplane and like we did yesterday in Orlando, and within a few hours, we were home. I had no idea that abortion would become a normal thing. The murder of babies would become normal. I had no idea that you would see homosexuality displayed on television on a regular basis. And I ask myself, what will these little guys face if they don't have any values that we can instill in them now? You can help them establish some values so that in a changing situation, God's value system is called the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then these other things will be added to you. The value of building into them the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know if you realize what we're talking about this morning, but we're talking about worship. Because worship simply means to give the highest value to something. What are you worshiping today? What is the most valuable thing in your life? What do you think about most? 
You can come and sit in here and sing a few choruses. That's not worship. When you're thinking about that roast in the oven and your stomach is turning and you say, boy, I wish you'd get done so I go home and eat. Two hours more and we're finished. <laughs> Whatever you worship will determine the quality of your life. That means you better worship something that can never be taken away from you because every year it's going to change. You see, if my mom had not instilled in me values that are unchangeable, I probably couldn't face what we're facing today. If you're not building values into your children, please, please start doing that. Make them godly values. Listen, 1 Timothy 6.21, some have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. That's the reason you were made. God made you to love him and to obey him and to serve him. He loves you. He wants you to love him back. And again, I ask you, what do you worship? The Ten Commandments tell us, thou shalt have no other gods before me. How are you spending your time? How are you spending your money? Regardless of what you say is important, what is important? Some of you may have just recently hit a wall. You had a major crisis. Maybe it's a financial crisis, a health crisis, a career crisis. You might have lost a loved one recently. What is the purpose of my life, you're asking? Isn't there more than what we have? What, what, what has happened? Well, let me tell you, you were made to know him. And that's where the foundation is. He is the foundation. And you need to start building on those values that he instructs us to build on. I have been deeply stirred when I have observed people, and how callous we have become at times. When somebody sins, we don't try to restore them, as the Bible says, we discard them. And we sit in judgment. And I pray that God will be a lot easier on us than we are on some people. The pressure of life without God causes the world to sing songs like, some of you young people won't even remember this, but make the world go away. Get it off of my shoulders. 
You don't have to sing that. You can say, Jesus, I need you. My life is a mess. And I want you to restore me to wholeness this morning. How many know that's the business that Jesus is in? never to forget all the wonderful things that you've done in my life. 